Hey everyone, welcome to the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. Uh, the head odds maker at BavadaSportsbook.com is Patrick Morrow. We do this weekly podcast where we discuss all the latest odds on all the big things going on in sports. And Patrick, you know, as an odds maker, as a broadcaster, I look at sports and say, you know, we have to hype it up. I try to be authentic when I do my hypes. You know, I, I, I try not to be phony when it comes to hype. Uh, to honestly say that the NFL divisional round lived up to its hype is an understatement. That was four games of enjoyable, must-see television, and it felt like we all worked this weekend you work this weekend. You were doing your work for Bavada. Everybody feels like they were so invested, even if you didn't care who was winning or who was losing. Seth, it was, it was absolutely incredible. It, it lived up to the hype. It exceeded the hype. It was everything. I, I am not someone that I've been doing this for more than a decade now, Bavada. And uh, I, I don't really get up for sports anymore. Or like I, I, you know, Super Bowl is a big day. March Madness, like there's events, but you know, these are revenue generating vehicles. Like I'm almost sports poisoned or fan poisoned at this point. I got to tell you, Saturday was great. It was great. Sunday, I was hooting and hollering at my TV. I was, clo- you know, wife was taking a bath in the other room. Is everything okay? It's like, it's just madness. It was chaos. It was so good. Look at the, uh, look, look at the descriptive words Patrick Morrow is using. It, listen, I, uh, I did break out taking the source. Huh? <laughs> I did take out this thesaurus today, so it's, it's okay. going to be uh, pretty high level. <laughs> but uh, I, I do got to say, though, that Rams-Bucks game, uh, Rams, yeah. it was 27-3 at one point. Yep. Your old boy, Pat Morrow, uh, started getting uh, some fever dreams about uh, Falcons, Patriots, 28-3. If the Bucks had come all the way back in that one, and they got pretty close, it was uh, 27-27 before the Bucks fell asleep on Cooper Cup. Of all players, how are you going to fall asleep on Cooper Cup over the middle with no time? Anyways, if the Bucks had come back and won that game, Seth, it would have been the largest in-play loss in Bavada history because wow. folks were betting the Bucks at 14 to 1, 10 to 1, 7 to 1, just loading, loading, loading. You know, can't count out touchdown, Tom. And thank goodness the Rams pulled it out. Uh, and then I was thinking, you know, what, what an embarrassment of riches this has been. Three games in a row have been so, so, so good. No way the Bills and Chiefs can match what I've seen so far. <laughs> it, it topped no it. No way. It topped it. It, it t- I, I mean, t- uh, Tony Romo uh, lost himself. <laughs> he was all over the place. Um, it was it was dramatic in that you were seeing heroic performance after heroic performance on the heels of having seen a heroic performance with Brady. Understand the comeback shows you Brady's greatness as if you needed to see that. But the weirdest part about that is the satisfaction that I got from seeing him <laughs> in despair. Wow. It was like deflate gate and cheat gate and spy gate all came back and it was all brought back to me. I, I genuinely loved watching the bucks lose and I didn't care about the Rams. Mm. That was uh they noted in the broadcast. Although I'm happy well. for Von Miller. There, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Von Miller. You gotta love that guy. But they, and they noted it when it happened. Right. And, you know, you're talking about this culmination of, you know, this Tom Brady negativity, these feelings that he evokes in you, Seth. Uh, 
the first time in his career that he got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for, I guess, uh, mouthing off to the refs uh, once he got uh, popped in the face. And uh, that was, yeah, that, that was, you know, I think for the, I don't want to say Brady haters, because, you know, I don't like the term hater. There's, there's reasons to like Tom Brady, then there's a lot of reasons not to like Tom Brady. We don't need to get into them all. But I can appreciate that there was a good deal of satisfaction from a lot of folks, you know, seeing him angry, seeing him on the ground, you know, seeing him just listen, that Rams defense is legitimate. But, you know, it's it's very rare to see Brady that uncomfortable from start to finish still ended up scoring 27 points. You know, the guy's a stud, whatever you think of him or not. Incredible game. But oh, my God, I was halfway through writing a report to my boss uh, if the Bucks were to finish off that comeback. Uh, Bill's Chiefs, incredible. I had actually wrote with 13 seconds left because I thought 13 seconds, it was safe. I just wrote the legend of Josh Allen to all my friends back home in Southern Ontario because Toronto is very, very, I grew up in Toronto. A lot of friends out there are big Bills fans. Yeah, this was Bills. it. This, this right. was Buffalo the game Bills are of a big deal life. in Toronto. Yeah. And, and what Josh Allen did, I mean, that the term gets thrown around far too often, but he carried that team on his back on those fourth quarter drives. It was magical. NFL's got to change that overtime rule. It's to have two guys, to have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen slug it out like that and only have one overtime possession. Uh, we deserved better. Uh, the Bills and their fans deserved better. But uh, the whole weekend, who couldn't have asked for much more than that? It, it, it was incredible. It was awesome. It was the NFL at its best. What a palate cleanser from a very boring wildcard weekend. Uh, my goodness, uh, there, there's no way the conference championship can live up to that. Uh, but shoot, we'll do our best. Well, but there's two points. You know, number one, we talked about it on last week's podcast. The first things first about, you know, adding the playoff game and adding the playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, more is not always better. Mm-hmm. Better is what you saw. You know, the, the final eight teams were evenly matched. You know, no line was under a touchdown. Um, these were the, nobody was a Cinderella, you know, you could argue Cincinnati was, you know, in uncharted territory, but nobody's a Cinderella and you had great matchups. The divisional round can never live up to that. It it, it simply can't. Now let's address the other elephant in the room, which is the overtime in the regular season. They have a different overtime rule than in the playoffs. And people are saying that the bills lost because they lost the coin toss. I have two arguments after Allen throws the touchdown with 13 seconds left. Where is the Buffalo defense? Mm. And I am not trying to take away from the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes. If I, if I like either one, maybe better, it's, I, you know, I have somewhat, you know, distant connection to Mahomes. That's right. I knew his, I knew his dad. The, the issue with that is one incomplete pass. The legend of Mahomes doesn't change and the Bills win that game. What incomplete pass. And this prevent defense garbage, which has been done since time immemorial, it prevents you from winning. And so for the so so here's my question. Should we be focusing on the rule? Because what I felt was social media that night was about a rule. When in reality, it should be where was Buffalo's defense once mm-hmm. they marched down the field. This wasn't a Hail Mary happy birthday play. Right. This was 
they race down the field to kick the to tying field goal. Rightly so. Yeah. And then they get the ball and they just mount it. And it wasn't a field goal. See, that's the other part. Mm-hmm. Because if you're kicking a field goal, you know, in the regular season, you know, and a, a field goal would have given Buffalo the ball. They didn't. They scored a touchdown. And so all I'm saying is, is the rule the focus or should this be about Buffalo? And yes, they played an amazing game. And Josh Allen is an amazing quarterback. They didn't stop Kansas City. And that's why they lost. You know, I'm partly with you there. I think uh, the rule and the complaints about the rule for overtime, I I think it's a quibble. Um, Don't get me wrong, social media, especially in real time, uh, it elevates the loudest and the angriest. And uh, I, I think so it really speaks to how fun, great social that media game... is such a great uh, extra, you know, device during games like that. It, it's the online oh, sports bar. So it's the online sports bar. It's uh, and, it, and it's also where you're going to get the breaking news. Your sideline reporters are tweeting what's happening with injuries and everything else before you get back to the broadcast and, you know, they do the sideline reporter on the TV there. It, it is, in my opinion, one of the best ways to consume, uh, especially in forever COVID times in Canada. But yeah, getting back to that rule, I think people were just, it was such a beautiful game on both sides. A lot of, you know, great execution, a lot of poor execution, obviously defensively, you know, giving that up with 13 seconds left is pretty unforgivable. But part of the excitement of the NFL sometimes is because of, uh, the quirky stuff that happens, the suboptimal play calling, I, you know, sending 10 players out on the field to block a game winning kick against the 49ers. If you're the Packers, you know, stuff like that, you know, it, it's kind of the stuff that uh, I, it, it makes it compelling because it allows us to second guess. It allows us to complain a little bit. Uh, listen, everyone got their money's worth and then some uh, in that bills chiefs game. But when the offenses are that good, uh, you know, I don't want them to go the college route necessarily from the 25, maybe give each team a possession from the 50 or something like that. But I, I really so want to know. So you're saying this is not about Buffalo's defense. This is more about the offenses were just clicking at that point. I, I don't know. I just Buffalo has to take some kind of responsibility here, don't they? They absolutely do. But I mean, if the coin toss went the other way, and this is the example I'll give, uh, Butker hits the uh, he hits he hits the the game tying field goal at the end of regulation. Every single game, by the way, had a field goal attempt with regulation time ending, which is amazing. Just crazy. Uh, so we post the overtime odds. We have the game at a pick'em before the coin toss. Chiefs win the coin toss. They receive as soon as they win the coin toss. The Chiefs' live odds go from about a 50-50 pick to about minus two thirty in game, which is about roughly a 67, 68% chance of winning. Just winning that coin toss gave them about an 18%, uh, you know, base points jump in expected win probability. So the arbitrariness of that coin toss was massive in that game. You know what? After 60 minutes, if you're all tied up like that, you are going to likely lose on something random anyways. You know, whether it's the coin toss, whether it's poor execution, uh, I, I really, I, I've always, I've always liked the college overtime version better, but I think from the 25 is too close with these NFL kickers. I'd like to start each team off with a possession at midfield and go from there. No clock, let them trade. Each team gets a chance like baseball, top of the 10th, bottom of the 10th, however you want to do it. Uh, but, but I'm quibbling. The game was great. The product was great. We didn't have uh, too many ticky tacky penalties that people are complaining about after the weekend. We're talking about the play on the field. 
though it's it's a mild complaint at best the game was perfect the game was great if you're the bills fans yeah it's more postseason heartbreak but man you've got to be excited about that team in the future the future of the afc is going to be josh allen it's going to be patrick mahomes it's going to be joe burrow uh the young qb talent on the in the afc is just obscene right now and you've got to be excited for it uh I, i i can't believe we only have three games left in the season though seth <laughs> you just want more. I mean, the NFL is is all that and more. It it really is. It's just it's a incredible um, entertainment. It's it's made for television, and it's incredible entertainment. And uh, now you know you have these two legacy icons, these Hall of Famers uh, that were eliminated. And yeah, there was you know all the all the the drama that follows each one of them for different reasons. Uh, was fascinating as, as well. We do have uh, two big games, uh, Championship Sunday, and uh, that should be a great game. And it, it reminds me of, of great stories and, and, and great memories of, of the past. But we now have drama. And with that, there are odds. And the odds are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. For Aaron Rodgers, I don't think a lot of people think he's going to retire but I don't think a lot of people think he's coming back to green Bay, but those are two options that he has. He could just walk away from the whole thing. I would be dumbfounded if he does. Um, But he could come back to the Packers. The reality of it is, is that, you know, you can't argue that Aaron Rodgers didn't have a quality team there. You know, he had the, the number one seed in the NFC, he had a really good receiving core, a decent offensive line. Like he had a decent team uh, with the Green Bay Packers. They just happened to lose in that in a, in a tight, tight game. Uh, what say you about the odds? What are the options for Aaron Rodgers? Does it go AFC or does it go individual teams? Yeah, so all we have right now, Seth, is uh, whether he will be with the Packers uh, next year at Bavada. Just a simple yes, no, um, and uh, the no is favored, um, it, which is no surprise by uh, his comments so far. Uh, but also, l- listen, it, it's easy to put a lot of this on Aaron Rodgers and what his year was. He was, you know, perhaps a bit of a distraction off the field with his so-called immunization, uh, but the dude performs. He is currently... Uh, Minus 200 at Bavada to leave the Packers, play with a different team uh, next year. And, and there's a few things at play there. I, I think for whatever Aaron Rodgers was as an off-field distraction, the dude performs. And I think, uh, you know, for, forget what he was this year. Nobody really talked too much about Aaron Rodgers' personality prior to this year. Yeah, he has some issues with the family, but... His performance uh, in the last decade in Green Bay has really helped paper over a front office that has been otherwise pretty average. Now, you're right. They absolutely put together one of the best teams around him this year, something that he's never had. Uh, This Packers team is also in salary cap hell going into the 2022-2023 season. Uh, There's a lot of things that are going to have to change, and Rodgers himself noted that in his press conference. Uh, You know, there was only two years ago where we thought he was going to get dealt at the the NFL draft. Um, You know, he clearly wasn't happy when Jordan Love was uh, drafted under him uh, a few years back. Um, It just, it makes a lot of sense at his age. Go somewhere warm, go somewhere where you can compete, go somewhere perhaps quieter. I, I just, I don't know that Green Bay is the place that he's ever really been totally in love with, aside from, you know, some 
nice comments to, uh, you know, in the right press scrum. I think he wants to be elsewhere. I think he's, you know, if, if, if they weren't even a one seed, if they didn't have such a good run this year, I think he'd be even higher to leave. So I, you know, who knows, maybe the Packers figured out, uh, maybe that front office figures out how to sort out their salary cap situation and really entice him. But uh, it's, it's not looking good for Packers fans. I, I think you're, you're looking at a pretty, pretty tough uh, NFC North next year. Could be anybody's uh, division to win. And then there's Tom Brady. Now Brady's a very different situation. Um, I don't understand the social media speculation that he's going to all these different teams. I know there's been commercials about it, but come and get a break. He's not going to Green Bay. <laughs> Why no. would you play in Green Bay? He's in Tampa. Have you not? You, you don't go Tampa? from you don't go from Boston to Tampa in the winter, and, and then think, the yeah, winter. Green Bay, Wisconsin. That yeah, he's not me. going to the Broncos either. Hey, crazy. He's either playing for Tampa or he's he's retiring now. He's hinting about retirement. What are the odds on that? Yeah, so we are uh, we we don't have him as a favorite to be retired right now. We have it uh, about minus one fifty at Bavada that uh, Tom Brady returns next year with any team, and we do have him a pick him right now to return to the Bucks just to kind of cover ourselves off a little bit because if he does come back next year, it's probably to the Bucks. But who knows? Perhaps a different situation uh, would be agreeable to him or Giselle. He did note in his social media post that uh, it is up to. The family, uh, you know, the wife and kids as much as anything else. He noted that they don't like uh, seeing uh, Papa Brady get hit as much as he is. So, um, you know, it, it, it is something that there, there was there. Was, but this wasn't uh, a storyline until just recently, whereas the Rogers stuff had been a storyline all along. So, you know, uh, the trading team, the props team at Bavada will be laser like focus on, uh, you know, the comments, the whispers and everything else in the bets coming through. We are fortunate that all the speculation and stuff is happening in the lead up to Super Bowl, Seth, because we've already just got a massive amount of resources staring at football and nothing but football right now. So as I always like to tease when I say stuff like that, probably a good time to bet college basketball. <laughs> all right, let's turn to the game <laughs> this Sunday. We'll start in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs are home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow showed, uh, do not bet against him. However, I think a lot of people are going to bet against him. What's the line? What's the latest? And what do you take? Seth, uh, this one is up to Kansas city minus seven at Bavada right now. And, uh, you know, we, we, we just saw the bills and chiefs play an absolute banger of a game and the chiefs and Bengals played a really, really good regular season game. Uh, just like five, six weeks ago. Bengals won that one 34-31, a back and forth, you know, really looked a lot like the Bills game. Well, nothing could have been as good as that Bills-Chiefs game, but, you know, Burrow has shown he could pass uh, against this Chiefs team. He threw for four touchdowns, 446 yards. Uh, I I do think you have to be a little bit concerned. Uh, You know, Tyron Matthew came off the field for the Chiefs in that game against the Bills, and that secondary looked atrocious. They looked really, really bad. Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Kelsey were able to bail them out in this game. I think they're probably going to need to do something similar in this one, Seth. And as I look at the over-under, uh, it's no surprise that it is as high as 54 and a half and about 90% of all money is on the over in this one at Bavada as well. Uh, we did note that in the Bengals, uh, Chief, or sorry, the Bills-Chiefs game last week, the over-under was the highest bet 
number on all on everything divisional weekend. It was high, higher bet than any point spread, any money line, anything else. And it was looking like it was going to go under until they scored something like uh, 24 points in a minute and 50 seconds. It was uh, pretty wild there. So yeah, so uh, the, the betters in this one certainly backing points. Uh, otherwise, when it comes to money line spread, pretty split in this one. They're 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 dipping their toes in, but on both sides. So it's mostly just points looking at Bengals Chiefs so far. And then the Los Angeles Rams, ironically, have a home game, and they could have another home game if they make the Super Bowl because they could win. And it's it's wild to think that that's going to be the first one. <laughs> They've had this neutral site game for fifty plus years. And this is going to be the game that gets the home team to get into their home stadium. Very funny. The LA Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, who again, we every week we have said, well, maybe this is the time they're not there. And they, this, you know, they, they have defied the odds twice. First of all, that 49ers comeback against the Packers did not see it coming. That offense looked dead on arrival in Lambeau. Uh, Jimmy G looked, uh, you know, he was really struggling out there. Uh, you know, there was a lot of passes that could have been picked off. Packers should and could have put that away uh, very early in that one. But hey, listen, the 49ers are still here. Uh, the strength of Debo Samuel, who's he's he, he's he's a running back. He's a wide receiver. He's returning punts. Uh, he is dynamic in a way that we haven't seen a receiver play all those positions before. Certainly uh, not in recent memory, just incredible out there. And, you know, uh, this was an incredible week 18 game. This was the game that the 49ers needed to win just to get in the playoffs. And they needed a bunch of help. And here they are now in the conference championship game. Uh, what is interesting about this game? Uh, it, it's, it's a Rams home game, but the 49ers are just down the road. They're not far away. And the Rams, you know, don't do a good job of protecting home field advantages. They have one of the worst home field advantages by our ratings in Bavada, we're expecting, I don't know if it's going to be a 50-50 split, but the 49ers fans are going to be there. They're going to be loud. They're going to be interrupting. It almost feels like a, a college football bowl semifinal, like a pure neutral site game for this 49ers and Rams uh, game. Should be really, really good. 49ers, first team to defeat Sean McVay when he had a lead at halftime. Bucks almost became the second team last week. That was very scary for us, like I noted. Looking at the odds for this one, though, Seth, Rams are currently three and a half point home favorites at Bavada. Uh, the payout price is even money on that. We did open it at the standard minus 110, minus 110, but there's been a little bit more money on the 49ers so far. Uh, the over-under is, uh, is set sorry, at 46 right now and a little bit more money trickling in on the under. Uh, you know, 49ers look so good. They're health healthy, mostly healthy. They're executing really well. I think they've got the better in-game coach McVeigh is an incredible prep coach, but if this game's close in the fourth quarter, I got to give a bit of a nod to the 49ers who just continue to do so many things well, continue to do things so smart, so optimally. But uh, really, just like last weekend, I'm just looking forward to the games. These are going to be good, and 49ers Rams should be an absolute banger. That's two uses of banger in this podcast. That's All right. We're, we're, we're retiring banger after today. Well, you spent a month in London, so you <laughs> yeah. know, it, it's okay. I, it, I don't hate it. I like yeah, this game is going to be an absolute banger and mash. <laughs> um, there's no secret. You know, the, uh, the other funny thing that uh, we mentioned earlier, Twitter is hysterical during, you know, big sporting events. Mm -hmm. um, all the baseball writers saying our sport doesn't have this. 
Yeah, it's like during the game, I retweeted one of them, a guy from Pittsburgh, uh, just because you know what? It never ceases to amaze me how you like you cannot compare. It's so not it. It's 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 not even remotely apples to apples, but it's amazing to me how baseball exemplifies the fact that they just they're not good. they're 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 not remotely you'll never have a weekend like this no and 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 that's the thing like when the nfl is bad or mediocre uh you know a three-hour game with you know passing complete stop huddle up not much is happening uh that that's not very exciting that's boring i i'm changing channel but when the games are on the formula is perfect Big, exciting play. Let's see that replay of that incredible catch. Two feet inbounds. Okay, we've got 30 seconds or so. We're doing it again and again and again. And for three hours like that, when the game is good, that formula is great. It creates uh, an easy way for fans to react in real time. Uh, You know, hockey's tough like that. I can't, you know, unless you have a, a stoppage or a commercial break, I can't really tweet out or share my thoughts on something. But NFL allows instant reaction every 30 seconds. And then a pause to digest what you just saw, what just happened. Okay, the next strategy, the next plan, second and short, second and long. And when the teams are great and the game is compelling, you can't beat that format. It is so conducive to digesting, reacting, sharing with friends. Uh, it is so, so good like that. Yeah, you know, b- baseball is definitely slow enough to uh, to get a thought out in between pitches or in between plate appearances. But there's just not not a lot going on more often than not. Well, that just made me laugh, you know, because there's something uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but are there odds on a resolution to their lockout? Are there odds on the resolution to the lockout right now at Bavada? Uh, Taking a scroll right now, it does not appear so. Um, But, you know, that's isn't that telling. I was just going to say that, Seth. I mean, the. The NFL is clearly getting it's where we're devoting resources. You know, we could put that up on the website right now, but it's just not going to get the same kind of traction. Now, if we're talking about labor uh, resolution uh, you know, post-NFL or as we get towards spring or something like that, when people are even talking or thinking baseball, but so few generic sports fans even have baseball on their radar right now that uh, there's really not much of an impetus for us to even throw too much of our resources at it. Yeah, we have World Series odds. We have AL, NL pennant stuff up right now. And even that, people are betting into it, but uh, no one's pining for baseball odds or baseball information in late January. No, but to me, like what it's saying, look, I don't want to get into a whole why I'm not interested in baseball anymore. But Let's do it. (laughs) But, but. There's a lockout going on. Spring training is minutes away from being canceled. Like by the time people are listening to this podcast, spring training openings are going to be delayed. Once you close a certain number of spring training games, you automatically, because of pitching the way it is and pitchers need to get the the work in, uh, your regular season doesn't start on time. I mean, I I know it's January when, when we're releasing this, but you're getting close to not opening the season on time. Doesn't that bother anybody? I mean, it, it, it should. And, and don't get me wrong. When it's Listen, last dog- week we, we, we railed about the, uh, the NHL announcing all the rescheduled games. And as this podcast was posted, they rescheduled 98 games. 
So maybe we can get a res- resolution. Just bring it Well, on Seth, clearly this podcast has reached that you and I just never imagined. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Rob Manfred, we know you're a listener. We know you're in the shadows skulking. You're looking for that alpha. You're looking for that winning bet. You he know. actually is a listen- listener to my other podcast. Uh, okay, well, I think in the business, we call this, you know, uh, customer conversion. Um, so, you know, Seth, we need to start mosing them over from the other podcast to this one right here uh listen i i i I, you know for all jokes aside i like baseball i like major league baseball i like the betting on major league baseball uh it's the kind of thing that i bet myself every single day uh but i don't need to watch to bet it and that's one of the problems that baseball has is you don't really need to be engaged in baseball you don't need to be on top of a baseball game to appreciate what's happening in baseball and i don't know if that's the money ball thing that's reduced uh the game itself to an equation. Uh, but that that's really how I look at it. I can, I can figure out what happened in a baseball game, generally speaking with advanced analytics and a really, really good high level box score and play by play. Yeah. We can second guess decision-making, but I can see that decision-making. I can see this pitcher came in uh, in relief in the seventh against this batter. And I can just say, I know that's wrong. Now there's always context. There could always be, uh, you know what? He wasn't feeling very good, but that context makes up noise more than it does signal. Uh, and that's one of the issues that baseball has. We are becoming more and more of, uh, we need fast results. We need stimulant, we need stimulation, not stimulants. We need stimulation very, very quickly. And, you know, these three and a half, four hour games are tough, but baseball does not do itself any favors by having labor shortages. Baseball needs to be cool. It needs to be something we're looking forward to. It needs to be something that uh, is being previewed and, I think for a lot of baseball is the one sport out of the top four major North American sports. If it was gone for a couple months, that hurts major league baseball. than it hurts the more than it hurts the fans. It will lose more market share. You will see more money thrown towards NBA summer league, whether it's Olympics, uh, this is an even number year. So, you know, there'll be uh, some more international tournaments and sports, which Americans and Canadians are consuming more and more. We're watching more soccer set. We're going to end up watching more golf because there's so much golf betting at Bavada. There are sports waiting in the wings to jump in if baseball can't figure itself out and baseball will be left behind. There are fewer kids that are going to grow up and want to play baseball because basketball is cool. And if you're in Canada, ice hockey is still king. You know, football is still very, very cool. Even if there's concerns around injuries there, baseball, baseball is great. I love baseball, but baseball is not cool. And baseball has got to solve that. Well, you know, they have their work cut out for them. There's no secret about that. And, you know, ultimately, uh, like I said, I didn't want to just say, you know, football is great. Baseball stinks. It's just, you know, baseball's day is past. And that's to me, that's the exacerbated part. You know, that that's that to me. And it's not to say that other sports don't have flaws. It's just mm-hmm. more flaws. I mean, that's that's the uh, the, 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 the the bigger issue. And, and, you know, that's part of the way you know, th- this is all going to, to come down. You know, what I'm also hopeful for is that, you know, COVID numbers continue to decrease. So hopefully the, uh, the NHL, the NBA and college basketball have a strong finish because if anything you learn from watching those football games is that sports are still great. And did those playoff games make you want to watch another sport of something else? Yes. Yes. I watched, Arsenal tie with Burnley. You know what I mean? I watched mm. uh, Seton Hall lose to St. John's. I mean, my, my team is just stink. Um, 
<laughs> hey, I'm a, I'm a Leafs fan. They're okay this year, but I, I know about uh, stinking. You know, uh, before we talk again on this podcast, the Devils play the Leafs. Yep. I think they play them twice. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, I, I like our odds better than yours. They play on the 31st. It's a home and home. They play on the 31st in your uh, barn, and uh, then they play on the 1st uh, in my uh, in Newark. Oh, I'm going. Ah. That's going to be You're... my first sporting event. I'm going to watch Patrick Morrow's Leafs. Yes. I, I'd like to say I hope we go easy on you guys, but that would be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to lie to you, Seth. No, you we've definitely come, do We've not. come too far. No, you definitely do not. All right. That'll do it for the Bavada at Odds podcast. Uh, again, the latest odds can be found on the website, bavadasportsbook.com. Patrick, have yourself a great week. Enjoy the football. You too, Seth. Good luck this weekend, everybody. Mm-hmm.